This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Did I hear the man right? Flurries on a weekend, man. And uh, so continues this winter of our discontent, I guess. <laughs> and so on so many levels, uh, we were talking in the previous hour about Justin Trudeau and how he's planning to stick handle his way through this morass that he created all by his lonesome, of course, uh, with his colleagues in the star chamber. Wanted to pick up on that as our way of introduction to our friend Mark Stein, the international best-selling author and host of the Mark Stein show who joins us here in hour three of the Oakley show at global news radio, six forty. Toronto. Mark, good afternoon. Hey, great to be with you, John. Well, you know, I'm kind of curious to get your take. I mean, uh, you're following this story as closely as any. Uh, do you think ju- <laughs> do, you, do you think Justin Trudeau has revealed himself to be disingenuous on the point of doing politics differently? And where does that leave him? Well, I, I think it's way beyond that. I think this is nothing but uh, naked Thuggery. And, uh, you know, I was listening to Tom say he had style. He wasn't sure whether he had class. Uh, I think I think I think Tom actually does have class. Uh, I'll give it that. I think Justin has no class whatsoever. This was an act of uh, a a naked retaliatory act. And the idea that uh, these women are guilty of disloyalty to their party the, the tape that was released uh, is actually not an intra-liberal dispute. Uh, it, it was uh, a tape in which the Attorney General is basically being pressured uh, by the clerk of the Privy Council, who is supposed to be a non-partisan civil servant. So even framed as Justin did it, even his framing of the uh, taking the tire iron to these two ladies in the back alley uh, he even lied about what was the underlying reason for it. All right. So, you know, as I uh, keep referring to it, uh, they're trying to divert from the original sin and uh, mm. trifling with the rule of law and defending yeah. the indefensible, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is, uh, as I think I said a couple of weeks ago, basically every everything that the Democrats accused Trump of doing, uh, obstruction of justice, uh, actually, Justin just went ahead and did it. And because he's a pretty boy, everyone wants to give him a pass on it. Uh, you know, Trump in Trump in his wildest fantasies would never have dreamed of making a call uh, like uh, Justin had the Privy Council clerk make to the attorney general. Absolutely disgraceful. I don't even know how why that clerk is actually still there. Uh, but I think what, what's revealing to me here is the is the cravenness of the liberal caucus, because it wouldn't take a lot to say, look, whatever you, whatever side you come down on in the underlying the original sin, as you put it, on SNC Lavalin, there's no reason to do this to two women who just a couple of weeks ago were cabinet ministers. What does that tell everyone? It doesn't actually. What it, the message it sent, the, the, the idea these, uh, these uh, eunuchs at the court of uh, King Justin uh, decide they're going to kick these women out of caucus, that's actually, telling, uh, that's actually telling all the people who are still in cabinet, you're nothing, you're worthless, and if you make one misstep, you'll wind up like these two. Yeah, I just wondered if this is kind of a values test, you know, because yesterday uh, he turned it into political theater, brought the media in and uh, had the caucus there and 
told everybody, well, these two women are now gone. There's a standing ovation in unison, showing solidarity, rah-rah, and all this stuff. I mean, uh, do you think that this does no uh, great service to the members in the caucus? It shows them to be callow and uh, really ambitious. It's all about just winning the next election. No, actually, I thought that made them that made them all look worse. The fact that he tried to turn it into a state occasion. It's basically uh, it's it's basically intra party house cleaning, uh, where he decides he's uh, you know he he's taken out the trash and these two women are the trash he's taken out. So to actually do it with uh, Canadian flags and everybody rising robotically to give him a standing ovation. Uh, like people applauding Fidel Castro after a six-hour speech. Uh, you know, say what you like. For example, the British Conservative Party, who is useless as any political party on the planet at the moment, but at least they all hate each other. So you couldn't get them to rise up in, as we've seen in the votes at Westminster this week, you can't get them to rise up in unison for anything. I heard one, I heard one guy after one vote uh, telling, uh, I think it was the Chancellor of the Exchequer, up yours. And nobody, <laughs> and nobody expelled live on the BBC. And nobody expelled him from the caucus. Say what you like. That's, a, that's a still a flesh and blood human political party, not like these humanoids, these uh, robots that, uh, that, that, that Justin's got standing up and giving him. The question is whether any non-robot now would give him a standing ovation. Yeah, I believe in the UK they say you can't whip a conservative member unless it's after hours and they pay yeah, for it. Yeah, no, and he's hanging upside <laughs> down. Yeah. <laughs> With Mark Stein, international best-selling author and host of The Mark Stein Show. Let me ask you about something else, a file that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, this climate report that came out in Canada earlier this week has to do with, uh, well, you know how much uh, we're really seeing the far north and uh, the prairies subjected to global warming to the extent that if we don't aggressively address it by centuries end uh, in the Arctic, we'll see an increase of 6.3 degrees Celsius. Uh, What do you make of all of that? Because we also had a carbon tax imposed on four rebel provinces earlier this week, coincidentally. So it's like a lubricant for selling this carbon tax, I think, this report. Yeah, I I mean, I have to say, I do take this warming trend in Canada very seriously, John. I gather that even though it's only April, uh, many Liberal Party women in Ottawa are really feeling the heat. So it's something that I do Uh take incredibly. (laughs) You're like Justin. Nobody fucks Funny. Uh, yeah, that's not funny. Spell him from caucus. Is he in caucus? Well, no, sign him up and we'll expel him for that right now. Um, it's a, uh, uh, even 90 million years ago, there were alligators uh, at the North Pole. 90 million years ago. Mm. And uh, who's to say, this idea that there's a perfect, there's, there's a, a proper setting for the planet's temperature and for Canada's temperature is very odd to me because why shouldn't it be 90 million years ago when there were alligators at the North Pole and uh, Nunavut was the Florida of its day and it was full of all retirement condos and uh, <laughs> and all the rest of the uh, great dinner theater everything fabulous mm. uh, why why wouldn't that be the why isn't that actually the proper thermostat setting for Canada when you had alligators at the North Pole this vanity uh, this idea that somehow uh, there's an acute, uh, the, the, there's, a, there's a proper thermostat setting for the planet and everywhere within it, 
and we're not allowed to deviate from that. These are the statements of madmen, frankly. Well, and the fact that there's a huge cost affixed to it, whether or not, uh, you know, there's a cost-benefit analysis being done in all of this, or we just go uh, blindly into spending ourselves into who knows what. We're beggaring our own economy and uh, doing a lot of disproportionate lifting for, say, countries like China and India who are doing uh, the bulk of the polluting or the emissions. I've got to ask you about something else that's come close to home, and this is uh, Quebec. You know Quebec because you've lived Mm -hmm. there for a long time. Uh, This Bill 21, the ban on religious symbols in the public sector workplaces. Uh, How do you see it? Do you think this, because Legault, the premier, is saying, you know, uh, we've decided we want a secular society. We've hashed this over with the uh, Bouchard-Taylor Commission, you know, the values test and all the rest. So, uh, in other words, uh, we're going to take religion right out of the public uh, square entirely. No Christmas trees, you know, uh, in the the city halls and so on. All the crosses coming down, including maybe Mount Royal. Mm. Is this a supportable law or do you think it's discriminatory? No, I, th- I think it's a stupid law because I think it uh, it's not addressing the reality of what Quebec is and where Quebec came from. And, you know, frankly, for example, for the for the Pequistes, uh, the separatists would have had their independent little Quebec Republic if they just kept up traditional Catholic birth rates because young uh, Catholics in the 90s at the time they held the second referendum voted uh, overwhelmingly for separatism. It's just that there weren't enough of them. And so these things are actually, if you say Quebec is a distinct society, in what way is it distinct? You can't, and if you're prepared to actually take artificial steps to erase what Quebec is and where it came from, um, then in the end, I, I don't think there is anything distinct about it. I think, I think this, is the, 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 this is, again, it's a weird obsession for this government uh, to, actually, to actually be so determined to erase Christmas trees, which would have been a fact of life in Quebec for over 150 years. Why would you want to artificially expunge that from the public square? I mean, that, that's, that's the kind of hyper-constitutionalist nuttiness you have in some of these suits in America. But it's not something that you've had in Canada or Quebec or, or in most of the rest uh, of the common law world. It's very weird to be doing that. You know, and finally, on the uh, question of pollution emissions in Quebec, uh, I heard somebody there in the legislature say they have none. Just smell the hair. And Joe Biden said, you know, I think I will. <laughs> that's 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 true. I don't I, I don't want to get because when I said there were alligators uh, slithering around at the North Pole uh, ninety million years ago, actually when I when I see when I see Joe Biden's leathery old hands slithering <laughs> slithering around to the undersides of some comely. Uh, young uh, Washington journalist bosom. I, it looks like those alligators in, <laughs> in Nunavut. I don't. I don't like to. I don't like to think about that too much. Uh, nobody wants. Nobody wants a uh, a straight white male in the Democrat Party and whatever means necessary to take him out. That's basically what's going on. What the Democrats are doing here. He's old. He's white. He's a male. He's creepy. That's everything you hate in one person. Yeah, exactly. That's everything the Democrat Party stands against. If he were to become their leader, uh, what's the point of the, Dem- the, De- the Democrat Party? I mean, there's nothing more white privileged, is there, than uh, just seeing whatever woman. It doesn't matter whether she's grandma's age or she's the middle school girl and just slathering it. I mean, that is actually white privilege in action. So, uh, 
They want it. They don't want anything to do with it. They're getting rid of it. All right. Well, we're going to find out and see if uh, Joe Biden is long for this world, figuratively speaking, I hope. Uh, Mark, always a pleasure. <laughs> we'll do it again real soon. All the best. Thanks a lot, John. Always enjoy it. You got a Mark Stein, international best-selling author, host of The Mark Stein Show. Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.